Welcome to Lynn Spins today. I'm your host, Lynn Tennyson, also known as Lynn Ferguson, L-I-N-1-0-U-S-O-N. You can find me through most platforms with either Lynn Ferguson or Lynn Tennyson. Today, I want you to join me in a discussion about cartoons, anime, um, movies, TV series, every kind of remake possible, and Disney, Disney, and more Disney because they are the main culprit of this remake trend uh, we've currently faced within the 2000s, late 2000s. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Lynn Ferguson, your host here on Lynn's Bins, and I thank you. Let's dig in. So one of the main things that I think is leading to this problem with the remakes is that I believe a lot of these institutions, these executives, these directors, these producers, these entities are catering to the wrong generations. So for instance, SpongeBob. SpongeBob started in 1998 or so. And um, in my opinion, it started going downhill 2007 or so. I believe that's when the original director uh, or writer um, um, fell off and stopped using, working with the show as much. Um, But if that's not the case, then I'm really astounded with the changes that, you know, I've seen take place with the show over the years because it's just it's it's nothing like what it used to be honestly i can't find a single funny episode before 2007 2008 excuse me after 2007 2008 um you know and tom and jerry for instance you know um i mean but like even with spongebob like you know you've got them like They've made this new, you know, remake of SpongeBob that's like 3D animation, plasticine, claymation, um, and it's um, really cheaply made. Um, it looks horrible um, and childish, and not in the sense of you know what you would think with it being a child show, you know. But this is what they think that we want right now. And maybe it's not what they think we want. Maybe it's what they think the new generations want. But it's like, I believe you need to cater to, I believe the best way to do a remake is to cater to the generation that came before. And that's, you know, raising the children you're mainly catering to and then to cater to the kids as well. That's how our shows did it. You know, when we watched cartoons, cartoon movies when we were kids, family movies like Home Alone and things like that, we watched them with our parents. Our parents cracked up at things we didn't get. We cracked up at things our parents got. And we even cracked up at things that um, our parents got that we weren't supposed to get, (laughs) you know? And things were, yeah, things were a bit more adult even when they were aimed or geared toward kids, and that's because TV started for adults. But 
because cartoons are a relatively newer thing um, when, when looking at cinema as a whole. But, or at least kids' cartoons. Um, but, I mean, I think that was the best formula. Because I feel like now in the 2000s, late 2000s, we're more so catering to kids and kids only. And we're not, we're, we're, because of that, I think we're dumbing down a lot of the material because we don't, we don't think that the kids are picking up on this, that, or the third. And they really are smarter than we're giving them credit. I was, my friends were, my acquaintances were, Tom and Jerry is a good show um, to use as an example of a show that was remade. So it's Scooby-Doo for our generation. So Tom and Jerry was, you know, originally for the generation before me and the generation before them. And I grew up watching Tom and Jerry. Even Tom and Jerry episodes that were catered to my generation and made for my generation and that came later. But it, about the point when I became a preteen, Tom and Jerry started to fall off and it was becoming a lot more corny and just redundant and, you know, not entertaining. You know? Um, my uh, generation also um, saw Looney Tunes from the previous generation. And um, we had a show that I didn't even like when I was a kid um, that I was watching ever since I was like three or four years old called Baby Looney Tunes. And it was horrible, I hated that show. But, um, so that's that's an example of this type of stuff with remakes happening even as far back as during my generation. So I don't think that, you know, I don't even think that my generation had the best, always had the best uh, ideas when it came to remakes. Um, and I think it's a um, it's a very fickle thing. You have to really know what you're doing when you're doing remakes, when you're doing spinoffs, when you're doing um, um, sequels, prequels, things like that. You know, like, I really think that these shows are catering, especially now, to the wrong generation. They're also catering the wrong material. Like, you can't bring a 90s show to modern day times and expect it to do well, you know, in most scenarios. So, like, all that you know the kids from the original all that were amazing jamie spears britney spears um and i don't even like jamie um and i hated zoe 101 um amanda bynes the amanda show was like amazing amanda bynes is hilarious she was a hilarious woman a hilarious girl 
like every segment she did was just so freaking funny. And every segment on all that was so funny. Keenan and Kel, you know, even it had corny moments, but they weren't cringeworthy to the point, um, you know, we have presently with these shows, including the All That remake, even the song, if you listen to the theme song, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible, you know? Where is TLC? You know, the kids not only acted differently, um, you know, um, everyday kids who are watching these things, who are being catered to. So we needed different shows to cater to us that are, um, and, and the shows now would not have worked. But the actors and actresses, the children actors and actresses, the child actors and actresses were even different. Like they acted differently. Like they knew and understood a different form of comedy. You know, when you grow up on, like I'm different than my generation even, I'm like an exaggerated version of this. Like I grew up with everything from the 1920s to the 2020s. So, you know, I go back to black and white Dorian Gray, um, uh, Marilyn Monroe movies, like um, uh, The Seven Year Itch, my favorite, Choir Boys, um, uh, the one when diamonds are a girl's best friend, um, you know, um, Zorro, the original black and white Zorro movies, um, even the TV show, um, you know, all the way up to what we have out, some things we have out presently in some modern shows, but like, The knowledge of the history um, to bring that kind of of comedy to the table is just not present with this generation. You know, they, because they did not grow up on, you know, cartoons of the caliber that we grew up on and what our parents grew up on and what their parents grew up on is even, you know, because there was not such a great intersectionality of the old and the new and the, um, you know, um, during their time as there was during millennials times and, and 90s babies time, like they don't have the tools to make what we made, you know? Even different generations from my generation, um, um, even, um, I don't know what I was trying to say with that, excuse me, but like um, little kid shows even, by the way, were great. Like, you know, we had Little Bill, um, Little Bear, Franklin, Franklin and Friends, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Zoom, you know, Zoom, 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 um, Wishbone, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Maggie and the Ferocious Beast, Dora the Explorer, uh, the original Blues Clues, the original Blues Clues with the original Steve. Um, You know, we had, hey no, hey whoa, 
shows Gullah Gullah Island with the red and yellow po- uh, polka dotted frog um, and the black family and um, the Hello Kitty show uh, Magic School Bus the Magic School Bus, Static Shock well th- that wasn't really a kid's kid show but you know <laughs> even the WB11 shows are great you know but like Wonder Pets came around, and I remember I was like a preteen or something. Um, or no, I was in elementary school, middle school. And um, a lot of my classmates were liking it, and I was just like, ew, what the heck is this show? Like, I don't like this. It was corny to me. So I could already see things happening, even in my generation, that were like, not what I wanted to happen. But I think also my distaste comes from, you know, being a, a film connoisseur, a cinema connoisseur, an anime, a cartoon, a series connoisseur, you know? So, like, I don't like most modern animes, even, getting into anime territory. Like, you know, my favorite anime is Yu Yu Hakusho. And I remember I was talking to my ex, um, almost two years ago at this point. It might have been two years ago. Yeah, it's almost two years ago. And he knew I was trying to get more into more animes under my belt because I grew up with a lot of great original animes, but like I've never um, I never was like a super big anime geek or whatever. So like I didn't really know um what one would expect me to know with my love for anime. So I wanted to know more. So, and he had shown me Code Geass, which I love. It is literally my second favorite anime of all time, right after you, Hakusho. But um, I saw it when I was 12, way before I met him. But um, I never went out of my way to watch it again, even though I did like it when I was seeing it because I only saw like a few episodes, but he showed it to me and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this show. And so I wanted him to tell me another one. So he told me about Hunter Hunter, which is made by the same director of my favorite anime of all time, Yu Yu Hakusho. And so I start watching the original that came out in 1998, I believe. Come to find out, he was recommending what he was watching, which was the, um, modern remake of it and I hated it I I saw it one day and I was like oh my gosh this is horrible like why did it get so how did it get so bad like this is not the way it should be you know the script is pointing now um the and don't get me wrong like I know corniness is a thing that comes with anime you have you would be daft to not understand that you're gonna have there's a certain a certain corniness to 
just about every, the essence of every, of anime in general. And like just about every anime you see, you're going to see something corny um, in it. But there was a level to it. You know, there was a certain art, artistry to incorporating that corniness that really doesn't exist anymore. You know? Like, I was just watching a show called Plunderer that this guy told me about, and it's, don't get me wrong, I do plan to watch more of it because I'm a, I'm a little interested, but like, it is very hard for me to get over the corniness of the show. Like, it's so corny, it's, it's hard for me to, you know, really stick with the show and get over that because the animes of late are just so much more they don't take as much work like they're not putting as much work into these animes the same way they did Death Note um, Bleach Code Geass Yu Yu Hakusho the original Hunter Hunter um, Noane To Your Other Self um, these are my top animes. Dragon Ball, um, Inuyasha, Cowboy Bebo. Like, it's just not the same. One Piece, Sailor Moon, it's not the same. Any Miyazaki film. But let's get to the Disney live action remakes. Like, Disney is owning everything right now. It's buying up everything, you know? And we've got, like, I mean, we could start with um, the live action Cinderella that um, they did, um, which was in this current remake era, it was like the beginning, the start of it. Um, they made um, another live-action white uh, Cinderella movie. And I'm just like, you know, I never watched it because I'm just sitting here to this day like, okay, so why don't you just promote the Cinderella? Why do we need another one? Why don't you just promote the Cinderella live-action that we all in the Black community know um, with Brandy, Whoopi Goldberg, Whitney Houston? Um, why did you just now add it to Disney like a year ago or so? you know, to Disney Plus. You know, why have you never advertised it like most of your other Disney movies? You know, and then you make another one like you didn't have it. So then we move on to The Jungle Book. Horrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, Beauty and the Beast was horrible. Um, the animation was horrible. The CGI was horrible. The Beast looked like ridiculous. Um, Hermione, um, Emma Watson should have never played um, Belle. Belle has so much pizzazz, so much attitude, so much sass, so much class. Like, I just don't see it for Hermione. I don't see it for her, you know? Like, I feel like I need to have a conversation with her like the um, fortune-telling uh, teacher did um, in um, one of the later Harry Potter movies. 
and she was like, hands as cold and pale and stale as the rusty pages of a book. I was like, damn. Like, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, and then she, like, we need somebody who has the vocals to do Belle. Like, Belle had an amazing voice. Then you've got, you know, this Lady in the Tramp remake that they did recently, and they took out, um, you know, some things that were racist, like the Siamese cat song and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, no one was asking for this remake. And why did you have to reach all the way back into, you know, some things when they're made in an era where it's racist and that bleeds through into the film and stuff like that, leave that for the people who want to be nostalgic about that and go back and watch those cartoons. You don't have to make a live action version of that and then take all the stuff out of it that basically made the movie, you know? Um, um, then they put like some black people in the movie as main characters and stuff. I was just like, oh my goodness. I don't even remember black people being, I don't think a single black silhouette was in that movie, the original. Um, it's really just ridiculous. Now, I will say that I'm really excited for 2023's um, Halle Bailey um, as Ariel, Little Mermaid remake, because it's about time we had a Black, uh, another Black Disney princess. And, um, you know, um, she already... Um, I related to Ariel so much and still do, um, but did as a child because I saw her as black in a sense. Like, you know, she was trying to be like, she wasn't accepted by the rest of the white girls in that movie, the humans, because she was half human. She wasn't a human. She wasn't technically a white girl, even though she was drawn as a Nordic looking, you know, girl. And, um, you know, I also related because of the voice and my antithesis of the cigarettes, just like her um, antagonist is uh, the sea witch, uh, Ursula, is trying to take her voice. And I always wanted to sing and she is one of my first inspirations. I loved her voice. Uh, Jodie Benson as Ariel, and um, I always wish that I could sing as well as she could, and I can. <laughs> so my dreams came true, just like Ariel. But um, it took a lot of work, but it did so with her as well. So, but um, that's why I'm quitting squares. Um, actually, by the end of this month, because. I'm now starting to perform places regularly and in rotating schedules and things like that. So um, I need to preserve my voice and I've always quit anything or, or um, you know, done whatever I had to to preserve my voice um, when it comes to um, dire circumstances and stuff like that or like big decisions or ultimatums. So definitely, but um they're even trying to do a new set it off. Like a new set it off. Set it off is literally like 
a staple for the black community. Like, I think it was Issa Rae who was talking about doing a new set it off, like, quit it. But Vivica A. Fox was not happy. She shut it down really quick. Like, we're talking about a movie that goes down in Black history, that goes down in cinematic history. You know, a movie that literally is the pinnacle, one of the pinnacles of Black culture. She's right. I'm right. Stop with the remakes. You don't remake something like that. You know, that'd be like if they remade Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings, um, anywhere before 30 years before uh, um, or after the um, movies came out, after like 2005 or so. It'd be like if when they started this Harry Potter spinoff, if it, instead of a spinoff, it was like literally like a, a, a whole remake of Harry Potter, um, not even 10 years after the first movie came out or the last movie came out for our generation. An eight saga movie series that, an eight movie saga that you know, it literally goes down in history as epic as it is. But you know, they just keep doing these remakes for money. They make these executive decisions and they do it for money with a lack of knowledge as to who to cater to. You cater to who grew up with the shows. You show it in a way that does it justice, that makes the people who watch the shows say, I would love to show this to my kids and I feel complete watching this. You know, one of the few people who got it right? And it was Disney, Pixar, Toy Story. Toy Story managed to not just come out with one movie that satiated, um, satisfied, you know, audiences' taste and need for um, something that was true to their childhood when we grew up with Buzz and Woody, you know, Sid, Andy, his little sister. You cater to who grew up with the shows. You do it justice. You know, new generations can be brought to like these shows as well. If you sit a three-year-old in front of acne cartoons or Betty Boop, you know, Betty Boop, um, Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, Hopefully not the racist ones, you know. They will enjoy themselves. They are going to crack up. You sit them in front of Space Jam, the original. Especially if they haven't seen the original because, um, or excuse me, the um, remake. Because, you know, at the end of the day, that remake 
that's a whole nother, not really a whole nother anything is exactly what I'm talking about. But Space Jam is more forgivable because it has been a while since Space Jam came out. So at this point in 27, it's understandable that they do things from my childhood that were specifically catering to me as a kid in my age range, but you gotta do it right. You gotta do it right. And it can't be consistently the same, you know, ridiculous things that they've been putting out that don't stay true to the original content and to the original audience. You know? Angels in the Outfield, Home Alone, and not this most recent remake. But see, this is why I say we need to leave this era of remakes just completely entirely. Like, are we that creationless? We can't, you know, come up with new ideas? Do we need to do a whole overhaul of, you know, all of the people in, in Hollywood? the writers, the script producers, uh, the directors. But you know, all of these people I just listed, they know that these shows and these movies are great. Like Jumanji, Jumanji for instance. But they don't know how to reproduce them. 101 Dalmatians. The live action Alice in Wonderland. 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close and Hugh Laurie is one of the most epic live action remakes. And it was the 90s, the early 2000s. Alice in Wonderland, the original live action remake back in the 90s, early 2000s, epic. The girl was a brunette, I think, in that one. It was really good. Now, I will admit, um, Johnny Depp's, um, um, I love how we give a movie to the main actor or actress. Johnny Depp's um, uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland remake is very epic, but I didn't see it through the looking glass because it looks corny as hell. And I've heard as much from the people who've seen it. You know, but these people enjoy this. They enjoy these, a lot of people enjoy these remakes. It's understandable that the kids enjoy them because they're seeing something that, they don't know the history. And they're seeing something that is even, even in the slightest bit being based on, you know, things that were great, especially in Disney, especially in the Disney Renaissance from 1989 to 1999. Yes, just having an inkling, or excuse me, um, a, a smidgen of what, or a hint of what, uh, of the material upon which they're based, these remakes, they're going to entice any kid, because kids 
are seeing something that is, you know, it was originally an epic story. But people liking this stuff and like getting with this stuff really helps me realize why we have, we can have a situation where people say um, that they don't like Catwoman, Halle Berry's Catwoman, and they hate it. It's one of the worst movies of all time. She did a horrible job. But turn around and praise her for her performance as Storm in X-Men. It makes it clear how someone can disown and defame my favorite trilogy of all time, The Lord of the Rings. The world has changed. I feel it in the water. But you know, praise The Hobbit. After Disney bought the rights to J.R. Tolkien's uh, um, uh, works and was able to produce that trilogy. It makes it clear how people can praise The Force Awakens, but when I talk about episode two or Empire Strikes Back, back in the 70s, 80s, you know, that they can't get with it. They couldn't watch those or whatever the case may be. And I'm talking about the original first three movies um, uh, in succession of when they came out, um, 70s and 80s. when Jabba the Hutt, for instance, was before the CGI, when Jabba the Hutt was as creepy as he was supposed to be with the costume and animatronics and um, was not, you know, just a horrible mess of CGI that looked cheap and, and, and not even scary. It's all because unfortunately, a lot of people don't have taste And they'll take this droll, subpar offer of a new movie, a new remake that, you know, can't possibly be as good as the original. Hopefully we'll get to a point at which, you know, they stop making Disney remakes that are up to par uh, with um, things like Don't Be Afraid of the Dark with Katie Holmes and her daughter. Uh, that was a remake of a movie like almost a hundred years before it of the same title and it was horrible. Katie Holmes was horrible. And hopefully they'll stop doing things like putting Dwayne Wade um, or excuse me um, Dwayne, you know, The Rock I believe it's Johnson um, Jack Black Kevin Hart in films like Jumanji to follow up after Robin Williams. Like, how on earth do you do that? Or putting, what's his name? Putting um, someone like Will Smith into um, follow up after Robin Williams in a movie like as epic as Aladdin 
when the only person or people who would have done to follow up after Robin Williams would have been Eddie Murphy or Jim Carrey. But this is what you get. This is what you get. 